0: Oh, it worked all right perfect we haven't done this in for oh, oh excuse oh, me uh, that one came out of nowhere there, here we go it's time for
2: with your host
0: home... Hey! Happy New Year, you sons of bitches! What's everybody up to? How are you, Tony?
2: I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm. Uh,
0: I'm doing okay. It's. It's late. I'm getting a little tired, but uh, you know what? What better night? Uh, or what? What better time than uh, tonight to spend it with you guys talking about UFO?
2: That's right. Not oh, UFOs, help. but UFO the band.
0: Oh wait, the band.
2: You thought we were talking about UFOs, like unidentified yeah. flying objects? Oh man. Yeah
0: is no big conspiracy guy guy
1: took a one-way trip to area 51 on the grounds that he wouldn't come back for you wayne how dare you (laughs) how are you lou i'm good i'm good happy new year everybody but not only to the uh sons of bitches i also like to uh, give a shout out to the rat bastards out there
0: (laughs) hello all you rat bastards and yes today we're talking about ufo the band uh the top five songs and top five albums According uh, to us, according to these guys here, these Tony and Lou right here. Me, I don't know. I'm gonna have to try to figure out what songs I like, but uh, hello, Catman. Welcome back to the show. Happy New Year to you. What um, up, Peter Chris. Yeah, uh, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of UFO. I just actually last week, uh, because we were going to be doing this, uh started to listen to a lot of their albums. I started from the beginning, and Lou, you told me that those first two albums are not going to sound like the rest of the albums that the band put out. And you were right. They were really far out there. Yep.
1: They and, sound nothing like the Shanker era or anything after it.
0: No, nothing at all. Uh, really spacey. I mean, they were cool, you know, for its time, you know, so they were, it was interesting. Uh, but yeah, I went all up to mechanics, really couldn't find anything I liked. And I really never went back to finish the rest of the discography. So I kind of stopped there.
1: See, I'm surprised you didn't, um, I know that after Mechanics was making contact, but the album after that was uh misdemeanor. And I know you're a huge Magnum fan, Wayne right. and Jim Simpson, the drummer who played on um, on a Storyteller's Night, was actually the drummer on Misdemeanor. So yeah, I thought maybe I you would have given that a shot.
0: I should have because I, I uh, actually when I was doing uh, Tony's got so many albums here. I got we, actually,
2: all my UFO
0: <laughs> He made a whole crate for tonight. Yeah, um, whole crate. Mr. Meaner. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a Magnum show for yesterday, which was supposed to be on freeworld.fm, but something happened and uh, some technical difficulties and the show wasn't on last night. So next week I'll play the Magnum show. Rest and in peace, um, Tony Clarkin. And... Yes. But that's yeah, absolutely. Sad, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I also which... like to
1: say rest in peace to somebody else. Oh, Rest in peace to Rage Against the Machine, it has ceased to be, it has gone to meet its maker, it is an ex-band, this band is no more, the left of life it rest in peace, it has gone to meet its maker and join the choir invisible, goodbye Rage Against the Machine, happiest day of my life.
0: They'll they'll be back.
1: Oh, fuck.
2: (laughs) And we, and we uh, we lost James Kotak last week as well from Scorpions. Used to be the drummer in the Scorpions. He was the nice guy in the band when I met them. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was cool. I met him several times over here. Just super cool guy, man. Just funny. But yeah, guy had so much history. I mean, he even played with Michael Schenker at one point. He's on uh, one of the Macaulay the, Schenker group albums. The
1: 92 <laughs> release on Impact mm-hmm. that also had Jeff Pilson on bass, which I like that album.
2: Yeah. Great album. hmm
0: uh, yeah. So anyways yep. I, was, I was looking up the Magnum history and stuff like that, and then I did see that some guys from the from UFO went to Magnum, and yeah, it was a drummer. Catman. He heard no heavy petting in '83, and Sabotage thought they were both great. Good for you. Sabotage being uh, Black Sabbath. By the way, I did finally get my uh, my box sets. They they were late for Christmas. I got my. Um, uh, uh,
2: are we are we doing recent? Okay, cool. No,
0: I, I just it was just off the top of my head. And, oh, oh, you no. got
2: the, yeah, you got the Sabotage I got box. the, yeah. and I got the other,
0: I got te- technical, technical ecstasy and Sabotage and the and the, uh, the live, the live album and Paranoid, yeah. the vinyl box set finally well, came.
1: Christmas was good to me. I got the CD box set mm-hmm. for uh, Paranoid mm-hmm. Super Deluxe. Got the deluxe edition of the original Sabbath, deluxe edition of the Paranoid album, because you can never have enough, mm. uh, deluxe edition of Master of Reality. And this, which is now out of print, the final live release of Heaven and Hell with Ronnie James Dio. So
2: I always wish I'd picked that one up on vinyl when I, when I had a chance. It's like super expensive now. I have I do have this, I do do have the the CD of that. Yeah,
0: aren't they all expensive? It's so insane. Like the the prices of this vinyl that just uh, just keeps skyrocketing.
2: Yeah, I got the um, the Coverdale page vinyl reissues on two lps my girlfriend got it for me for christmas and it's only available in japan so it's already mm. expensive but then you have to get it from japan so it's even more expensive
0: <laughs> i still had never heard that album i'll have to maybe get that at some point
2: really good album i'll, I'll tell you a quick funny story about that record I, it I, is I, a good when album it, when it when it came out i really didn't pay that much of mind to it because i don't know just at that time frame i was really listening to a lot of thrash and stuff even though i'm a huge white snake fan and led zeppelin but i didn't really get it when it first came out i heard the single what it was a pride and joy whatever that's okay well i was riding down the highway one day and i heard the song say hello to heaven by uh what was it, temple of the dog you -hmm. know chris cornell Mm -hmm. and i heard it and i'm going wow this is a great song man coverdale sounds great this must be from that coverdale page album (laughs) and i told a friend hey i want to get that record because it's got that song say hello to heaven he goes. That's not Coverdale. That's that's uh, Chris Cornell. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> so I bought the Temple of the Dog album, and it's one of the few grunge albums I even own from the grunge era. But it's, really it's, my, great, it's my favorite Pearl Jam album. Yeah, it is best Pearl Jam
0: album. Well, we're not here to talk about Temple of the Dog or nope. Pearl Jam. We are here to talk about UFO. Who wants to start? Since you guys are two huge fans, I love when you let well, go. Tony
1: Bean, that you're the guest, please. The floor is yours.
2: Um, I got into UFO. I, I didn't know anything about them, of course, in their heyday. Uh, I got into them probably about 19. I first heard them, I think, in 1985. I bought a compilation album. I had one of those songs from the early days. I had them doing the song Boogie which is just a boogie rock song. And that's from their their space rock period when like Mick Bolton on guitar before Michael Shanker came in to so like around 72, 73. That's a good track. And uh, it's a cool song, but it, you know I was like, okay. It sounds like ZZ Top or anything else, boogie rock, you know. And um, so I didn't really, really get into him. And um, I started hanging out with, with a guy that was, he was older. I think I was, uh, I was about 18 or so. And he was in his thirties, like 35, 36 years old. And he was turning me on to, you know, Uriah Heap and, and UFO and 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 just different bands that I didn't know a whole lot about. And maybe I had a greatest hit solve like Uriah Heap or whatever. And he gave me Strangers in the Night and he gave me um Mechanics. And I think No Place to Run was were the ones that he gave me to check out. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. So the first one I ended up buying, because I loved the song, um, Doctor Doctor so much off the live album. I bought Phenomena and I bought it on cassette. And that actually has become my all-time favorite Uri. I mean Urihi, UFO album. Um, it's it's a very mellow album, but it rocks. It's got it's it's very balanced between mellow and rocking tracks. And uh it's it's just a really good, good record. And I kind of just went from there. I started, you know, picking up more stuff by them. I remember, you know, in the CD when CDs were getting popular. Uh, it was hard to find any of their stuff on CD at the time. You could get it as imports. So I got one of those like UFO greatest hits CDs that came out. You know, I just listened to that all the time. And I was just going out picking up the cassettes and the vinyl, whatever I could find them. And you could find them in the used stores for two, three bucks. So, um, but yeah, I, I really, I love Michael Shanker. He's like my favorite guitar player. Um, I love his solo stuff. Uh, but I do like the stuff that they did. After he left, um, Paul Chapman was a brilliant guitar player. Uh, and made some really good albums with him. Um, I remember picking up the the uh, no, uh, Mister Misdemeanor album, and that was very very poppy. I, that was another one I bought, like a videotape called Breaking Metal, and it had all these different bands on it, like from uh, Europe and stuff. And it had some live UFO with from that period when they had Atomic Tommy M on guitar, and that was during. It kind of looked like a hair band, you know, and it was really poppy sounding. I mean, of course, Tommy M was more of a Van Halen style guitarist, and uh, but that's it's an okay record. It kind of grew on me over the years, but um, I got the uh, they were just a band that I thought I'd never get to see. I never thought I'd see Shanker. I never thought I'd see UFO. I uh, this is you know late nineties or mid nineties, nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety Three, I guess it was it was it three or four that the uh walk on water album came out do you remember Lou? yeah um it was
1: recorded in 95 at least in 95 but they had reunited in 93
2: that's what I was thinking um 95 I bought walk on water it was a Japanese import on cd I was actually at a kiss convention in New York and it was, there was a vendor there that had a bunch of cds japanese imports and he had it i think it was like 35 bucks for CD. was, what, you know, he, was like, this
1: the kiss convention that was at roseland the one yes, that was, was actual
2: kisses yeah. okay cool yeah yeah it was and um so we listened to i remember listening to it on the way home I was thinking it was so great you know and i think it was a great comeback album and then um the i think it was uh, a few months later uh uh we were just talking about uh the, the king from deceased, uh, King called me and he says, Hey man, there's a club up here in Northern Virginia called Jack's and uh, UFO oh, with uh, with Michael Shanker. So I was like, Yeah. So I ne- had never been to Jack's and ended up being one of my favorite places to go to. And I went for my first time and I saw UFO with Michael Shanker and the, the 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 lights out lineup, uh, Paul Raymond, of course, but they didn't have um, they didn't have um, uh, Andy Parker. It was Simon Wright, right? Wright from Dio, and, uh, and and ACDC, of course. And one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life. Maybe it was because I thought that I'd never get to see it, but I it was just just like the album. The guy came out, you know, please welcome from England, UFO, and they busted right in the national thing, and the crowd just went nuts, you know? And then I, so I got to see him a few times with Michael Schenker, and then I saw him a few times after he left, and they, uh, they brought in Vinnie Moore. Uh, and, uh, I thought the first album that they did with Vinnie Moore, you are here was a really good record. So they, they kept putting out stuff right up to the end. Um, the last time I was supposed to go see them, they were playing Atlanta and what they were doing a, a co-headlining show with, uh, Blue Oyster Cult, And they ended up UFO pulled off, uh, like the day of the show did play. So we didn't end up going. Um, and, uh, it was just one of those things where uh, Phil was. They had been on a cruise, or they were going away to a cruise. They were going to take a cruise, one of those rock cruises, and he had gotten sick. And I think he was trying to get well before he got on the bus, on the boat, and that was just before COVID, the COVID breakout as well. So who knows, you know, what he was sick with, but, uh, but yeah, um, they've been, you know, I just uh, I've been a big fan of these guys for years. I actually met uh, Paul Chapman a couple years back. You know, he passed away. Uh, what maybe two, three years ago, maybe now,
1: yeah, around that time, it was like we lost him, then we lost Paul Raymond, then we lost Pete
2: Way, yeah, hmm. Uh, but, um, but Paul Chapman was touring. I read, I think I read on Blabbermouth that he was touring with this Canadian band called Killer B. <laughs> and I said, I looked and they were, they had a date near where I live in, in North Carolina, so I went to see that show and never heard of Killer B. Nobody was there, it was probably B. 20 people i think i posted something on facebook about him being there and some ufo fans came out uh but he was super cool he hung out with us afterwards signed all my you know ufo records that i brought and i bought some stuff from him he had a, a an anthology cd and stuff that he was selling and super cool and told, told me all about his old bc rich guitars that he used to play and stuff and just super cool guy it was great to, to finally meet him and it was sad when he passed for sure uh, yeah, like I said I've got a, got a long history of these guys just 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 love them great band some,
0: some comments in a chat from Def2Demands he said Tony you and me uh, saw some of the same concerts back in the 80s he lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina mm-hmm. and his first concert was Accept in Ozzy in
2: 1984 and I was there oh, yep. see
0: you crossed I pants.
2: I was at that show it was supposed to be in Motley Crue and we got Accept uh,
1: I think you uh, struck gold
2: we did. Yeah. Except Blue Ozzy off the stage that night. Made me a fan.
0: Nice. And he says he also remembers you telling one of your... Uh, telling on one of the live streams how Jakey e. Lee hanging out, signing autographs on the side, and he was right there uh, and he got him to sign a ticket.
2: Yeah, that was in Raleigh. Uh, the, what was it? The Red Dragon Cartel show. Oh, uh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Go ahead, Blue. How about you?
1: Uh, so... Mm- I first heard of UFO back in '86. My brother had the uh, misdemeanor cassette, and it was the first um, UFO album I remember him buying that was brand new. But uh, he had ha- he had lights out, and he had um, not the wild, the wild, and the answer. He had mechanics, but I didn't listen to those two albums. I only I heard misdemeanor. I remember the first UFO song I ever heard was Mean Streets. And I really, really liked it a lot. But then it got to a point where it was kind of like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So over the next 12 years, you know, I'm reading about UFO, but I'm still not bringing myself to really listen to them. Um, even though I knew who Michael Schenker was because of the Michael Schenker group and the Macaulay Schenker group. And I knew that his brother was Rudolph and the Scorpions. Um, so fast forward to 98 um my walkman is there and then all of a sudden like i saw that the lights out cassette was was in there i put it on and i'm like wait a minute i don't know what this is i didn't put this cassette in there it was my brother's walkman and um i just remember the first song i heard from that album was getting ready and i'm like oh i like this this is like really melodic it rocks and i was like wow schenker could he you know, you you you, you kind of take for granted the fact that he was a German in a British band. So, you know, for them to be able to strike conversation, I'm sure, was incredibly difficult.
2: They said it was. Yeah. But
1: the fact that they wrote such an incredible album. I mean, Lights Out is one of my top 10 favorite uh, studio albums ever. But I, I have to give uh, credit to Atomic Tommy M, uh, Tommy McLendon. Well, I'm happy to say that I'm I'm friends with on Facebook. And uh, I, I said that uh, I was like, dude, I think with that album, you proved to be like one of the most criminally underrated guitar players that came out of the 80s. And, you know, he was really humbled by that. But, you know, and and we've always talked. He's liked my posts and vice versa. And, you know, but but Shanker, once I heard him on Lights Out and I and, and I heard those all those songs that he wrote, I became obsessed no pun intended obsession and all that. Um, So then I just became like, you know, I started digging down the rabbit hole and you know, I just, uh, there's Wayne, I know you and I have a difference of opinion when it comes to UFO. I'm, I'm guessing for me, the reason why I love it so much is because I, I just, as a guitarist, I just, I love the riffs and you know, the, the riffs in my opinion, make great songs to me. I think, that UFOs should be up there with Thin Lizzy and Motorhead in terms of recognition. Um, I think personally, Phil Mogg is one of the best lyricists. Um, I love his stuff because it kind of just, you know, it 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 hits two, it, it it hits three places. It hits the brain, it hits the heart, and it hits the nether regions. You know, and um, uh, yeah, it's a shame that he had um, a heart issue that is now prohibiting him from going on the road. So. UFO is no longer an entity, which I'm sad to say, but, you know, 50 years of great music and the offshoots of UFO, you know, from MSG, you know, you have Wasted. Um, and and I, you know, want everyone to check out the uh, album that they did with Paul Chapman uh, called The Good, The Bad and The Wasted. It's a really good, hard rocking album and uh, also love The Mog Way Um, you know, Pete wave was supposed to be in fast way, but due to contractual obligations that never happened, but it, there we go. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and Neil Carter himself who joined UFO on the wild, the willing and the innocent, uh, you know, he ended up being a, a side man for Gary Moore for a long time. He was also in wild horses with Jimmy Bain. So, uh, you know, I mean, this is a band of some of the highest caliber musicians, And I think in terms of a rhythm section, you know, they had one of the best with Pete way and Andy Parker. You know, I I just love the way they locked in. I mean, it was simple, but effective. So, yeah, I mean, UFO is one of my top 10 favorite bands ever. So I'm happy that we're doing an episode that's uh, where we're talking about them.
0: Very, very cool. I wish I had the history with this band like you guys did, but uh, I only heard Dr. Doctor you know, Because up.
1: they've opened in every Iron Maiden concert. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard it before that.
0: I, I think I've heard it on the radio when I was younger. But the, yes, I, I have heard it every time uh, I saw Maiden. So that even made it better and made it special. And actually Maiden covered that song as well with, uh, I think, Blaze Bailey, right? Bla-
2: yeah, it wasn't did, that sure good. Did.
0: I liked it. I, I yeah. thought it was pretty good.
1: I don't like the way Nico plays drums on it. It's just so blah.
2: Yeah, it,
0: it, it is what it is. Blue, uh, you did can't...
2: you happen to get the... Um... There was a fast, Ed, there was a fast Eddie Clark anthology CD that came out through Sanctuary back uh, in the early 2000s, and it actually has the fast way demos with Pete Way on, on those tracks. I'd love to love hear it because I never yeah. heard it. Yeah, it's like uh, I think it was maybe three songs, is all were actually released. I have some other like fast way demos that I have like on a CDR, but I'm not sure who's on it, it doesn't have any. You know, details or anything but uh mm-hmm. but yeah the the fast 80 clark anthology cd says that it is beat way on those tracks and that was just that was just crazy the way that whole thing worked out i mean you know it's like chrysalis would let him play on another record label I, I don't know i guess when you're under contract you just can't go out and do another album or whatever or do do something for another company back then. Right. right. And then the funny
1: thing is they, they did the one album for Chrysalis, which was Love Loaded. No Vices, yeah. I'm sorry, that had the single yep. Love Loaded. Yep. And yep. then after that, uh they dropped them and they joined with uh Music for Nations. Yep. So I was like, well I guess you could <laughs> gotta love this. We got a
2: Harpo Marks here, Wayne. <laughs> the- okay. pulling, just pulling just <laughs> pulling everything out of his trench coat. <laughs> I always thought I always thought the guy in the corner looks like uh the Rent Riff Raff from Rocky Horror.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I thought the same thing.
2: <laughs> and
1: the 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 model looks like Carolyn Monroe a little bit, but totally.
2: Uh, yes, you could does. be
1: wrong about that.
2: Yeah, she just had a birthday the other day. Like she's in her like 80s now, I think.
1: I don't care. She still looks gorgeous. Happy yeah. birthday, yeah. Carolyn. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: depth Two Demand says, uh, glad to see Red Sound Review doing the normal Thursday live streams that Ralph used to uh Ralph usually does. I look forward to watching. I don't think we're really going to stay doing this on Thursdays. We're uh, our usual live shows on Wednesdays at uh, 8 p.m., but we're just doing this because that's when Tony was available.
1: So. And we're doing something special on Wednesdays which uh, for, 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 for a little bit, so you know, just stay tuned for that. But really quick, uh, best wishes to Ralph Vieira and to your parents, good sir. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely, we've missed you, yeah. Ralph. So, hurry up and uh, you know, get well because he's he's got a problem with his leg, he got an infection, and all that crap, and that was pants. So, it's uh, he's been yeah. uh, having a shitty 2024 so far, but
2: uh, so far, yeah,
1: it's yeah. only January. Oka. Hopefully, he has 11 and a half more months of good times yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah, I hope yeah.
0: so. Uh, at well, least he has one. I sent him the new Seven Angel album that will be out sometime this year, I think around May, right.
1: Uh, can we announce the dates? I don't
0: give a shit. It's my show. May 5th. The new seven angels Skyward's going to come out. So you're I totally to
1: wrong. It's May 3rd. It's
0: May 3rd. That's what I said.
1: Right. He's not getting his. Till May 5th. <laughs> but you're not. No one's going to hear any new music from it until uh, first weekend in February. So just oh, stay right. tuned.
0: So stay tuned for that. All right. Let's get into this show. Um, top five. You want to do songs or albums first?
1: Let's do songs first.
0: Let's do songs first. I like, want me to do my five because I don't have any albums. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine, Wayne. Just get out of the way. <laughs> doctor Doctor. I bet you of didn't course. see that coming, right? Is that number one? That is number one. Uh I don't have these in any order either. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, Lights Out is really cool. I've heard that song from time to time. I probably heard somebody cover that. Anybody, you know if anybody covered that song? Because it was very familiar. Which song?
2: One, Lights, Lights out? out? Yeah. Fifth Angel did an excellent yes. cover on the second Fifth Angel album.
0: That's where I heard it. Okay.
2: They did the, the, the keyboard runs and it, they did it on with pick slides on the guitar. It just uh, good okay. good. I, that's
0: why I, I I, that sounded familiar. That's yeah. a good album, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Only You Can Rock Me, Rock Me. I like that one. Uh, Love to Love. And uh, I'm a loser. I think it's a pretty good song. I, I love yeah. love to love because it's very progressive. It starts off like really slow and then it gets like it builds up like towards the end. It's a really, really good song. And a lot of these songs, a lot of the albums, have a lot of good ending songs on them. I noticed, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, and I felt like they started off good. Some in between stuff was kind of like filler to me, kind of just like eh, whatever. But then when I got to the end, like the song started to get better again. And, and you know, I, I like that. So that's pretty good. Harry Barnett, fun. welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Harry. Two funny things about Love to Love. Number one, that's Steve Harris's favorite UFO song. Okay. And uh, number two, uh, Michael Schenker rewrote it as Desert Song on his Assault Attack album.
0: Oh, wow. It's,
1: it's the same very, riff.
2: It's, yeah, it's very similar. It really is.
1: Mm-hmm. And he uh, he was actually asked about that. And he said, well, I wrote it so I could do what I want with it. So, OK.
0: Oh, Harry wants to know where is his reaction to his uh, video? He made a video of himself making ice cream. Sorry, Harry, been busy. I haven't thought about your video of making ice cream and I haven't watched it yet to react to it. So uh, give me some time, will you?
1: Did he use right. a 3D
0: printer? for? No, he oh, is- made real ice cream. <laughs> he, this was real that, okay. that
2: first cool. that first ufo show that i saw that i mentioned earlier i, I remember um you know i'm sure you guys are, are big maiden fans and uh well we i got there earlier that day when we were waiting to get in the club and we met paul raymond out front and i was trying to get a ticket to get in and uh this guy was at the door he's a british guy and uh I looked at, I look, you know, you look, you see people and you recognize them. I'm going kind of looks familiar. I said, uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what is your name? And he goes, Dave, Dave Lights. And he was Dave Lights, the lighting director for Iron Maiden, who I'd seen in the tour books over the years. And I recognized him. So he was doing lights for uh, UFO at that show. And I just remember when they were doing, of course, you know, uh, Love to Love, he had the blue and green lights fading in, you know, for the misty green and blue yeah. yeah.
1: So, so, nice so lights on with Dave Lights
2: then that was lights it. on with Dave L- Lights. Exactly. <laughs> he was just Dave Lights out on that one. Yeah.
1: yeah. Very nice. All right. Who's next? I'll let uh Mr. Tony go.
2: Okay. Uh number five. I'm gonna go with shoot shoot off of force it. Uh number four, I'm gonna go natural thing from the no heavy petting album. Love these album covers. Hypnosis did such just brilliant album covers for so many bands. Some of them, they were
0: very strange. Yeah. Very strange.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, this monkey with. Yeah, know,
0: tied up to a, yeah,
2: yeah, to the lady. Yeah, it's crazy. The tubes. Um, so, uh, number three, I'm going to go to a Paul Chapman era album. The last one he did, uh, Making Contact with Blinded by Lie. Oh,
0: I'm going to have to love, blank that out. From love Nuity. that.
2: The opening the riff to that song is, just, is so cool uh, I have a friend who told me he heard that song for years, he had recorded it on a cassette off some radio station back in the 80s and just played a bunch of songs and he didn't know for years who it was until he finally one day found out it was UFOs. <laughs> so, and he's not really a UFO fan but he I, I was riding with him and he was playing a selection of songs and he played that and I said oh you like this song and he told me that story, I thought it was crazy so, Has it ever happened good. to you
0: before with any other bands like that? Have you ever listened to something and just had no idea until like way long? Oh yeah, time? Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, it's been several things over the years. Because I used to listen to a college radio station uh, here in North Carolina that uh, on Friday nights it was called Chainsaw Rock, and they would play all the you know metal stuff. And this was during the the you know mid to late 80s, and they would just play a block of songs, and I'd have a tape in there recording it, but I had no clue who some of it was until years uh-huh. later I would. Run across. Oh, I I know that song, you know. Yeah. Now you would just Google the lyrics and you could figure it out. Right, you know? yeah. That to me once. Um,
0: I bought yeah. a, I brought a Pearl Jam demo tape at a, a thrift, uh, not a thrift shop, a um, like a flea market type thing. Mm-hmm. And all his demos were recorded on other cassette tapes, like he just taped over other shit. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, was this song, and it was just this guy screaming Battle Zones. And, and I'm like, what? This is awesome. But it was only the tail end of the song. So I never got to hear the rest of it for years and years and years until I, I finally got to be a fan of Jag Panzer. I bought that album, uh, their first album, and the song was on. It. I'm like, holy shit. It was like probably 20 years after I heard that song.
2: So, you know? It's so like, Eddie Vedder taped over a Jag Panzer tape.
0: I guess so. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's blasphemy. Crazy.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Okay, number two. I'm gonna go to my favorite album by UFO Phenomena for Space Child. I love Great, that one. Just, just a very just mellow tracks. Really, really cool. Number one, it's a title track from the Lights Out album. Just love Lights Out. Great song. Very cool. I have a, um, I have a, a bootleg. Uh, it's a BBC recording. It's a bootleg CD with from the Phenomena era. And they're doing songs live in the studio for BBC radio and you hear two guitars and it's, they introduced the band and who, and the, and the DJ introduces them as UFO because of UFO. Ufo. <laughs> and, uh, but they introduced the band and it's Paul Chapman. So Paul Chapman was in the band. They tried to work two guitarists at one, one point. So you've got two guitar players play, he and Shanker playing together on these recordings. It's pretty neat. Yeah. And, um, he, you know, of course, he would get called back several times. Every time Michael would quit, they'd call
0: Paul. <laughs> All right, Lou, your five songs. Uh,
1: so, uh, my five favorite, I'm gonna go in order five to one. Uh, number five, Dr. Doctor, just because it's a killer riff. Um, love to love. Uh, I love it for the same reasons you do, Wayne. Um, I guess I, I think it's. It, you know, I, I'd hate to call it a power ballad. I mean, it is a ballad, but it's it's such a, a hard when when it, it's dynamic. And that's yeah, what I love yeah. about it. Um, lights Out. Um, I've had the honor of playing the song Lights Out twice, once on bass and once on guitar. And um, and yes, I did do the pick slides when uh, <laughs> I played it. So, you know, yes. I tried to stay true to it. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Let It Roll just because I love the way that, again, dynamics, you, you know, Shanker was a master of dynamics and, um, number one, uh, to me, the the greatest UFO song is in my opinion, rock bottom. Um, I just love that. That is a true exercise in guitar mastery. Um, very few guitar players that I could say, um, when they take the spot like, like that, it captures my interest and Shanker is in my, um, you know he's he's definitely in my in my uh top five. Um, it's you know I, I mentioned it before. It's uh Iommi, Van Halen, Rhodes, Blackmore, and then comes Shanker. Um, but there's three songs that I do recommend that people should check out if they really want to appreciate UFO. Uh, number three, Pack It Up and Go off the Obsession album. Number two, Highway Lady off of No Heavy Petting, and uh my one track i really recommend is we belong to the night off mechanics now i'm not a fan of the album mechanics but i do love that song
2: great song yeah
0: very interesting depth of demand says he loved the fifth angel cover for lights out that tony mentioned but he never really got into ufo yeah me neither me neither it's it's I don't know why though. You know, none of my friends ever talked about UFO. And I really never heard much about UFO. The only time I did really hear a lot about UFO was uh what's his name? Uh from the metal show, um uh,
2: Eddie Trunk. Trunk. Eddie
0: Trunk. Yeah. Eddie Trunk, because that's all he would ever fucking talk about. So yeah, he loves just, them. you know now, the, I,
1: the reason why UFO never took off was that they, they had their opportunity with Strangers in the Night, and then when they toured the states with Paul Chapman instead of Michael Shanker, um It, it it killed them in the United States. Like it was still a successful tour, but you know people were interested in it because of Shanker. Now remember Mm -hmm. when Obsession when Obsession came out, that was when Van Halen One came out. So Eddie was raising the bar for guitar based rock bands, and you know Shanker at the time I would think would be a number two right behind it. But then you know he quit because apparently he said. He 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 told Phil Mogg, he said, if you punch me, I will quit the band. And <laughs> Phil liked to bust his balls a lot. And Phil punched him. Michael quit. That's what Michael says. <laughs> <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Um and Phil so you know, was th-
2: a, uh Phil had been a boxer at one point too, Yes, so he liked to fight. Yes. So,
1: you know, 1980 you had uh, no place to run with Paul Chapman and you had uh Michael Schenker group debut album. I think it's safe to say that more people were gravitating towards the wunderkind Michael Schenker. So that's kind of what killed it for them, which is a shame because again, one of my favorite debut Popos. albums. <laughs> yeah. Right. The OBI anyway. So um,
2: there's a couple, they did different, some of the presses i think like this there's like a couple of different covers where his hands are open in some shots and some they're closed that's the one Uh, i recognize and the back cover is different as well um people are just you know it's like a different maybe a you know the photographer's taking a bunch of shots and it's maybe like two shots later or something, so somebody's in a different position. It's crazy. Hypnosis is nuts.
1: But that's the reason why UFO, unfortunately, it, it kind of didn't work out in their best interest, but that doesn't take away from the quality of the songs or the albums or the songwriting. And, you know, UFO did probably more touring in the last 20 years than I think they ever did in their entire career. I mean, I think they'd come to Long Island every year three times a year, Wayne you know they played mulcageys they played the crazy donkey they played revolution wow.
0: <laughs> those little places
1: yeah all those places mm, so wow. if, if no, they can plug
0: so in small. they played that's really weird funny all right let's move on to the albums tony
2: okay for top five albums all right so number one is going to be the reunion album with Shanker, Walk on Water, which I just got on vinyl recently. So glad this final finally came out on vinyl. Good choice. Uh,
0: is that one of your top favorite reunion albums, like out of a lot of bands? Because yeah,
2: of- it would be yeah. for sure. Okay. It was a very strong album. The two that followed what they did with Shanker, I thought were very uninspired, but that album was like totally like what would have came after Obsession for sure. Mm-hmm. Ron Nevison produced it as well.
1: You know, the amazing thing is about that album. The band that reunited played on it, Psycho Circus.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good point. Good point there, Luke. Um, Number four, Wild, the willing and innocent. I got to throw one of the Chapman albums in, and, and I, I think this is my favorite of the bunch. Um, I'm gonna say um, number three would be Force It. This is the uh, the the deluxe edition that came out a couple years ago with the bonus live album.
0: Um, an album cover would not go by today.
2: Yeah, and there's there's some, some different versions of that. Some of them um I think my my original one here this this was the I guess in the UK they were able to get away with it but in the mm. US they had to you can see they had to blur out. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and a friend of mine has one. I forgot where it's from. I think it's a I think it's a U.S. press, but it was like sold in like Kmarts and stuff where they just took a picture of Michael Schenker, like a square. It looks like a, looks like a baseball card just laid, And they laid it right on top of the <laughs> couple to cover them up. <laughs>
1: you know, what the funny thing is the two models on that were apparently like they were arco, uh, anarcho-communist artists. So they had no problem being photographed <laughs> in the nude. Yeah. Number two,
2: it's going to be lights out. And I have pre-ordered the new deluxe edition of Lights Out that's coming out on vinyl as well. It's got what a. What is lot that?
0: What is that a cover? Cover. like? What's in that cover like? What, what is going on? So Michael
2: Shanker's in the photo. He's he's looks okay. like he's working on a machine or something. And you've got Phil Mogg standing up front with some coveralls on, and of course you don't see the other guys. Um, uh, you just see the the pictures on the back of each individual. Strange. And then uh, number one is definitely phenomena. This is the deluxe edition of phenomena as well. I When I worked in screen printing back in the in the 90s, you couldn't find any UFO shirts anywhere at the time. So I just made a bl- black and white shirt like this. I put this picture on with the UFO logo, the, 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 the popular squiggly line UFO logo. And I've seen bootlegs on eBay of my bootleg shirt. <laughs> would buy them and then they would copy them that's amazing yeah yeah and uh i should have just showed that there's my lights out on eight track holy oh shit
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, it, and it does work but yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to getting that that new deluxe edition of that album it's, it's so great um you know i will say a lot of, every, I know a lot of people like obsession I, i've never been a huge fan of obsession i like it but it's not one of my favorites well, you're talking about album covers, and that has got to be the oddest is, album
0: cover of all. I mean, what was that know, like thumbtacks or something on there.
2: Ball bearings.
0: Oh, boy. okay.
2: Yeah. Um. You, you hear Phil talk about the ball bearings cover, and so you have got Pete Way and and Phil Mogg with their hair slicked back in suits and ties with ball bearings, and they just put Shanker in a shirt and told him to stand there, you know. And <laughs> and you've got Paul Raymond and 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 Andy Parker on the back. Wow. Same situation, you know? So weird. Yeah, it's 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 got to be weird. I I would imagine that those are all just uh, you know, yeah, I, I photo right. uh paste like cut and paste. Right. I don't right. think they stood there with ball bearings in their right. eyes for the photo. I really doubt
0: that. Yeah. Uh Pilot says Venus is in his top five songs. Um yeah, great song. Death to Demand says he's been a screen printer since nineteen eighty nine. Wow, get us a deal on some shirts, bro. Yeah, Come man. On. Hook us up. All right, Lou.
1: Um, before I say my top five, can I include a live album?
2: Yeah, man. There's no rules. Now okay, I mean I, now if we had said that, the, the live album could have been number one for me, but
1: yeah. But do it. Go it. Go for okay, it. Okay, thank uh, you. Because that album is just too damn important to me. It is. It right, is very so important. actually Tony, I'm gonna agree with you. Number five for me is walk on water. Um, and I agree with you. I think it's If it's not one of the best reunion albums. Well, I got to include Brave New World up there. So it is one of the best reunion albums. I was going to say it is the best, but, you know, I I do love Brave New World and I do love The Devil You Know. Um, So
2: I love Perfect Strangers. I think, yes, that that one,
1: too. So it's up there for one of the best reunion albums. And, you know, they really sound inspired on it. Shanker's playing like a beast you know, and uh, I think Ron Nevinson did a good job uh, redeeming himself after uh, the travesty known as uh, Crazy Night's and Ultimate Sin. <laughs> Although I do like those albums, but this I one's do too, better. But, but this yeah, one's I see better. your point. Yes. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with my UFO Gateway album, Um, It is poppy. It is overproduced. It wasn't meant to be a UFO album. Um, Phil Mogg wanted to record new music after um, UFO had broken up. Um, He discovered uh, Tommy McClendon through Mike Varney over at Shrapnel. And, um, you know, I think the only other member from the classic lineup that was willing to work with him again was Paul Raymond. So they were going to call it something else, but he was still contractually obligated to Chrysalis. I'm glad this label is no longer in existence because they've really screwed a lot of people over, um, you know. So he was contractually obligated to release music under the UFO name since he, at the time, he was the owner of it. Um, and I still love it. I mean, you know, I could still listen to the songs today and still get that 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 jovial feeling I felt when I was a kid when I first heard it, thinking, "Oh, wow, this UFO album is really good." I still think it is really good. You know, I, I saw the live footage of them from that tour that they did. And it was really cool, um, you know, hearing them, you know, play. I think it was like eight songs off the album. And then they did. Um, no, I'm sorry, it was nine songs off the album. And they also did Only You Can Rock Me and Dr. Doctor. And I thought Atomic, Tommy M, was a superb guitarist. And I'm happy to say that he's still playing. And he's also still, um, you know, recording music. And he's also teaching music. So he's doing uh, very well for himself. And I hope, Tommy, if you're watching this, open invitation to Rat Saw Review anytime.
2: He did two good albums with a band called Soul Motor. I don't know if you ever heard that slip.
1: I have a funny story about that. So I was supposed to interview Soul Motor in my college radio days. And I had forgotten and i felt so bad that was like the one time i forgot if you're going to interview a band if if the whoever's marketing them is scheduling you to do an interview live up to your word live up to your word otherwise it doesn't look good on you so i am sorry to tommy for that and brian Wheat, and uh, anyone else who was involved so but it was a good album yes
2: yeah, they did they did two. I thought the second one was even better. It was just it was just kind of a dark record, but it they were they were good albums. Yeah, it's
1: unfortunate. Yeah, it I think out it. it's out of print because it was on CMC International Records. Yeah, I know. was
2: working there when the second album came out.
1: Were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were you working there when Annihilator released um um their their reunion album and uh yeah, yeah Diablos?
2: Like The criteria for Black Widow and that's those, the one, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That was my gateway album to Annihilator, and Carnival Diablos is my favorite Annihilator album. That's a great so. one. That's a great yeah. one.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> What do new, you think? Uh, not, not to
2: interrupt your your countdown here to this, but what do you think of the difference between on um, uh, Misdemeanor, the U.S. mix and the European mix? The U.S. mix to me sounds like it's got more keyboards. It just sounds more keyboard heavy. Like they were really trying to push this. This EP was like a like a UK released of the it's like uh but it's the u.s mixes of some of the songs where are yeah, super loud in, in the mix
1: um i'm okay with the original version of it i mean keyboards don't bother me
2: yeah we I have think a it's keyboard player wayne yeah but I guess you know with 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 some of the like europe and all was so popular right then with final countdown and stuff maybe that's why it was so big in the states maybe that's why they remixed it for the states maybe I don't know
1: I actually uh, want to see one God. thing though because <laughs> I do have it on my apple music but uh this uh misdemeanor edition I have yeah it's got the bonus tracks mm-hmm. so the u.s remix so I think i I think I prefer the uk remix the uk oh, mix. Like the uk
2: version better myself yeah yeah me too
1: Mm-hmm. Um, number three I'm going to go with The Wild, The Willing, and The Innocent Um, you know, all the credit in the world to Paul Chapman he's not Michael Shanker and he doesn't have to be Michael Shanker because he's Paul fucking Chapman and you know having him with Pete Way, Andy Parker and Neil Carter and Phil Mog um, you know that was their first album that they wrote together and to me it holds up with what I think is their best studio album, which is my number two, which is Lights Out. Um, you know, I mentioned Misdemeanor was the first UFO album I heard, but Lights Out made the biggest impact on me. And again, it's it's with that album. I just learned about dynamics, how it could be heavy, but you could throw a little lightness in there and then all of a sudden just smack the listener in the face just you know uh, take them on a trip you know and and you know it's it's funny they they never lost their spaciness because they always took you on a trip with their music wayne i know you'll disagree with me but that's okay
0: <laughs> took me like on a trip right to the bathroom
1: were you heaving or number 2 number 2 son of a bitch <laughs> and then um my number one favorite um and i think it's the greatest live album of all time and that's with all due respect to kiss alive and thin lizzy's live and dangerous but i love me some strangers in the night to me it's got he knew what i was going for <laughs> to, to me that's got the best versions of those songs on it absolutely yeah and um you know i could just get lost in listening to that you know like i i could just sit there and just appreciate it soak it all in or i could be in the car and i could be driving down the lie listening to uh rock bottom and i'm like this is awesome and then i'll see a cop and i'll slow down to 55 again, but that's okay <laughs> did, you, did you
2: get the box set of all the recordings for the album
1: i, I did not but it is available on
2: uh apple music so yeah. You can uh, still find it. It's 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 actually pretty reasonably priced at most places now because they the first <laughs> run album like sold out and then they made some more. But you know they they redid an anniversary edition of uh, Strangers in the Night. You know back in uh, I guess it was the late nineties, early two thousands, I guess, and they with some extra tracks, right? Extra Tracks. And even though that's the way the album, I mean, that's the way the concert started. They opened with um, with Pack It Up and Go i know uh,
1: i'll tell you right now that was usually the second song they played on it,
2: it was, what was they opened with um a different song it wasn't natural thing um i can't remember what it was but um it, it was, was
1: it was hot and ready
2: hot and ready and then pack it up and goes on it right mm-hmm. and then they did cherry i think mm-hmm. but i'm so used to hearing natural thing come on after that ufo and like i said the first time i saw them live that's what they did as well I, I i never could gravitate listening to that other version because i, I gotta hear natural thing played first even though that's not what they opened with but uh but yeah man i mean it, it's it's cool um you know for sure for sure I, th-
1: I think the reason why i like that 15 track version the most is because it actually um has the songs that were recorded during that uh, that that tour that didn't make it to the live album and uh let's there's two songs on strangers of the night that they i think they recorded it in soundcheck, check mm-hmm. uh which is uh let me guess it's uh, mother mary and i think it's this kids mm-hmm. um yeah. but still great i'm a
2: loser didn't have the guitar solo on it originally and they had to go back and add the, the opening guitar solo on I'm a loser I think it said it didn't it didn't have part of it or something they had to go back and fix it in the studio or something like that
1: what well, I think the funny thing is about strangers of the night is that shanger was not happy with the solo that was captured from the tapes that they uh that they uh mixed and it was it, it led to his Wanting to leave the band, which I think is absolutely ridiculous Mm -hmm. because that's one of the best solos that they captured a tape. Yeah. Yeah, I was very happy with it. But he's Michael Schenker and I'm not.
2: And that's my Lights Out CD cover that I got signed at that first show that I saw him at. And Simon Wright signed it. And it's like, uh, I'm I'm one of those guys that usually don't like to get somebody to sign something that's not on it. But he just, he was at the table and they had a little meet and greet afterwards and he signed it. But years later, I mean, it was probably 15 years later, I go and I see him again at the same venue. And I got Andy and Andy signed the back of it, called Andy out out back after the show and got to talk to him when he signed my uh my walk on water cd too which everybody signed oh, nice. very cool cool i will say this though the uh the werewolves of
1: london live album that they recorded with uh simon wright sounds as good as strangers in the night but
2: uh and, you know that was a lot of turmoil with shanker at that period that's when shanker had kind of He had dyed his hair black and he was coming out in the black trench coat. And I think there was a lot of, there was some, um, just some sort of.
1: um, Was it that uh, time? Because I thought it was 95. It was 98. He dyed his hair black.
2: The pictures that are on that album, he looks like that. Maybe it's just because they released it later, but I don't know. But it, it is a good recording. And, you know, Cleopatra Records has just reissued that. They put it out on vinyl. And they're putting a ton of these UFO live albums out on vinyl. They did this set. A few years ago, this is a CD set, it's four CDs. All the all four shows are Chapman era shows, and it has a live an album, one vinyl in it. That's a uh, a Mick Bolton show from the seventy from the early seventies. But um, they're putting like all of these individual shows out on vinyl, and some shank, couple of Shanker shows, including the Werewolves of London. They put that out now.
1: Yeah, I, think they, I think they also just put out uh, two, they put out Walk on Water recently mm-hmm. and they put out um, uh, what's the name of that album? It was the one they did with Lawrence Archer. Um, oh, High
2: Stakes and Dangerous Men.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I actually picked up those two off eBay mm-hmm. because, um, well, they were out of print.
2: Mm-hmm. You couldn't
1: find them on streaming. And I was like, well, now I'm going to go out and get the physical copies. So,
2: yeah, yeah High Stakes. Yeah, that, was a, that was a good album. That was a pretty good comeback. I remember that Remember that UFO documentary that came out? I'm mean, have it on VHS when it originally came out, called The UFO Story, and it was done, and they interviewed Shanker. It was right before they did the reunion, and they had live footage of them with Lawrence Archer. It was Pete Way and, and Phil Mogg and Lawrence Archer, and I don't know who the drummer was. Um, um
1: Clive... Uh, Clive something. It wasn't Clive Burr. No, it was... um Clive Evans or something, uh, something, something like, like that. Something like that. He, yeah. he played with... Adrian Smith in um the ASAP band. No, not ASAP, it was um The Untouchables mm-hmm. when uh, his 93 project that it was he was trying to uh strike with. And mm-hmm. um I think he actually during the Rocker Bust video shoots, I think he was the fill in for Phil Rudd too. I just wish I could remember his name. I remember his first name was Clive, but that's about it.
2: Yeah, um I'll tell you a a funny story. Uh, I met Simon Wright uh, at that show, that first UFO show that I saw, but I I ran into him several times over the years when he was with Dio, and um, he was never really happy about the way things ended with him and UFO, he was just telling me how Michael Shanker fucked the band all up. And that's why it ended up with the, they had to do the Mog way project and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would go to a Dio show once, I think it was in 98. And um, we'd gotten there early. We're kind of hanging out and stuff. And um, this girl was working the show. She says, Hey, can you, you got your car? You got it. She said, can you come to the hotel and help me, pick up the band from the hotel and bring them back to the venue so i said sure so i go and tracy g the guitarist from dio and simon right they end up riding with me and i had a ufo sticker on my car and he walked up he saw it and he goes you know what that stands for Unfucking organized
1: i don't fault them <laughs> i really don't fault them it, 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 was, it was sad that whole story i think the only reason why Schenker agreed to reunite with them is because it would it transferred full ownership of the name to him. Yeah. And um, <laughs> which is why they had those two releases on Shrapnel, um, Covenant and Sharks. Mm-hmm. And then they did a performance with Willie John Roth where he was just so drunk. And you know, again, the band imploded. Phil Mogg's like, I want the name back, and Schenker just gave it to him. So he transferred over to him at no cost. And yeah, I he, saw an interview bit, with Shanker Said
2: he couldn't, he, they told him we, we can't work without the name, you know. And and he, that that's
1: why they released Mogway as a way to still be UFO associated, although not call it UFO. So those are, you know, two unofficial UFO albums.
2: I'll show you these as well. This is a couple of singles, a couple of 12 inch singles from the Chapman era. And I had brought these that night that I met Paul Paul Chapman. And he, he he wrote, you know, he wrote on me. He wrote pretty big. Well, I gave them to a friend who, were, who was doing the UFO meet and greet. When I didn't get to go to that show that I wanted to go to, I said that Phil was sick and they ended up canceling. My friend ended up seeing him at another show, summertime around there. So I, I mailed him the albums. It was down in Atlanta, I think it was. Oh, uh, so, or I can't remember where he went to see him because it wasn't Atlanta because I was the one that got canceled. But anyhow, he got uh, Phil... Andy and um Neil Carter to sign these records nice He said it was so funny he goes he gives the records to Phil and Phil sees Paul Chapman's signature really big and he goes when did you meet Paul Chapman and my friend said that they belong to a friend of mine he met him and uh you know he wanted me to get these signed for him and he goes hey Andy Look how big Paul Chapman wrote on this bloke's album. It says a lot about a man's character. He writes that big on someone's record. (laughs) I guess it didn't end well with them, huh? I guess not. And uh, Paul told me that this photo here of the band actually has uh, Billy Sheehan in it when he had replaced um, uh, Phil on the tour, and that they just cut Billy Sheehan out of the photo for the album picture.
1: Yeah, because he was the basis on the Making Contact tour, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Wayne, I feel bad that you're not partaking in the conversation. I mean, I got
0: a conversation going on here in the chat, so that's
1: funny. He's loving it. Yeah. I I'm mean, you, you know, I, I wish you were into UFO as much as we were, but thanks for the opportunity to at least let us yeah, talk absolutely. about it. I mean, sure.
0: I was. And I know you like UFO so much. And then when Tony mentioned it, I was like, all right, we got to do a UFO show. So you happy now?
2: I'm very happy. I'm yeah, good. Happy well, I get Wayne, talk. Could, could you salvage one album that you really liked bum at all? No. I would say if you if you just had Strangers in a Night, you would love it.
0: I own uh I own that one that you put, picked as number one. Um phenomenal. Yeah, I own that one. And Strangers I own the best of
2: you know, if, if if someone says, Well, I'm just a casual fan, I'd say you gotta own Strangers in a Night. I mean, if you gotta pick one album to own by UFO, that's it. The live yes. album.
0: Yeah, that's. I always see that. Uh, and I always think it's Paul McCartney because he looks like Paul McCartney on the front cover of that. <laughs> does he not?
2: Never noticed that, but it does. But yeah, it's Paul. It looks like Paul
0: McCartney. Does.
2: I saw uh, where they did that. Um, Eddie Trunk did his uh, 40 years in in radio, 40 years into business, or whatever mm. party recently. They had their, the, the stage pass that all the bands and performers had was a takeoff of that oh, really eddie's face <laughs> what an insufferable
1: prick i'm sorry i can't <laughs> i just i can't
0: uh well this was very fun even though i didn't get to talk too much but you know what i'd like listening to you guys talk about this because yeah, i, I like just, hearing cool. other people get so excited about the, you know the bands that they love so it's fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah for fun sure times. and i enjoyed all the people in the chat and uh, yeah, we'll be back sometime. I don't know. Like I said, uh this isn't a normal thing doing it on Thursdays. I mean, it's, I, I like, you know, I was uh, in here chatting and everything, but our normal show is on Wednesdays. I'm not taking over Ralph's time and another show that airs on Thursdays. I'm not going to get involved with that one either. Uh, yeah. But at some point, Jeez. we'll be, <laughs> well, some point we'll be back uh, with Ralph and, uh yeah, so everything will go back to normal at some point. But uh, thanks to everybody coming and watching. Buy the Seven Angel album if you haven't got the first one yet. Next one is coming uh, May 3rd called Skyward. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And video's coming out, what, the uh, February 1st?
1: Well, the album reveal will be February 3rd. Okay. So once that happens, you'll be able to pre-order the album and you'll get the track as a download. And the video will be available made around
0: the the same time. Okay. Confusing me there. All right, Whatever you said. But uh, yeah, sounds good. It's going to be a lot of fun times. And then uh, also Absalon's going to come out with an album. I'm on that as well. And uh, Project Resurrect is coming out with something too. But we'll see.
1: And a big congratulations to our singer Alex Rappetti on his wedding.
0: Yes, congratulations, Alex. Uh, Tony, you got anything going on? I know you're on tons of podcasts. Um, Podcast horror. (laughs)
2: <laughs> um just uh been doing the rock fantasy files on uh wednesdays which i was a part of for several years now and uh i joined um uh rocking with b-rock tonight we just did a, an earlier tonight we did an interview with uh scott board from the band uh no love lost and Service. Um, but uh, I will have my own YouTube channel coming out, just be videos and me showing records and talking about some stuff from my collections. What I'm going to start off with, it's going to be called um, the metal emporium and I'll, that'll be probably premiering in the next couple of weeks. I've started shooting a few videos.
0: Oh, really? All right. yep. Good. Cause I know a lot of people have been asking for that. So very cool. Can't wait. And what about you, Lil? Your show, what's going on with that one um, about that one already?
1: Well, I mean, you know, we changed the name from Music is Live podcast to Creative Space podcast because, you know, I've been interviewing more than just, you know, metal musicians. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had Lorelai Shellist who was engaged with Steve Clark at Beth right at one point. We had uh, Phil Collins' wife, Helen, on the show. I've oh, had cool. Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman on the show from Trauma and John Brennan from The Last Drive-In. So, you know, um, my buddy Bob Mango and I are talking over ideas on um, what to do next um, you know but really I've just been focused on Ratsai Review and Severed Angel and you know the dad life
2: <laughs> dad, dad life alright
1: cool
0: alright cool. right. again everybody we'll see you next week actually no I don't know when Ratsai Review is going to be back on but we're doing a Kiss uh discography thing so once we're done recording all that we'll upload it and you can check that out but then we'll be back at some point with some uh, regular shows like this one all a right?
1: worst to best discography according to Greg yeah
0: and it's it was fun <laughs> see you guys next time goodbye
1: cheerio